Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. If you're keeping track at home, this is episode number 134, or it's season three, episode 34. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. Craig, we are back for another week of postseason goodness. We are. I have beer. I have football stuff in front of me. I am ready to start talking. And today, we're going to talk about the needs of the AFC South. There's a lot of them, actually. <laughs> yes, that was a division that was pretty much dominated by one extremely average team. But we're, So we're going to talk a lot about them and see where we can go with it. But first, let's start where we always start. Now, Craig, I know mm-hmm. you had a very, very busy day. Yes. And, and you had to follow up with your dentist. Yes, I did. So are you drinking beer tonight? Sadly, no. I got oh. more, more Novocaine in my mouth this time, and... This time it was easier, but I got two shots of Novocaine. Oh, so yeah. So my mouth, it wore off, so now my mouth hurts more. And he doesn't have a straw to drink the beer. I have no straw and, like, cold. I tried drinking something cold. That hurt even more, so. Okay. Well, then I'll do the drinking for both of us. Cause Thank I you. am I am the Frank Gore Extension Studio, partly because, A, I'm old and tired, and, B, because Craig works in a store with thousands of sick people and I'm sure he's an incubator for the coronavirus, I, which I'm not. I'm sure he's not. But I, <laughs> I'm here. And today I am drinking a beer from Relic Brewing. It's called Birth of Liquid Desire. It's a double IPA, 8%. Uh, it is dank. I can tell you right now that I can't get any light penetration through it. Like It's like absorbing the light. It's almost – it's like if stouts were colored orange – this is what this would look like. Okay. So let's go in for a sip of this guy. All right. He's sipping, I'm assuming. I can't see him. Yeah, he can't see me. Ooh. Very, ooh. Okay. So it tastes like every IPA starts with just kind of like, yep, you're drinking beer. And then the hops come screaming in. But as the hops come screaming into the room, the citrus goes, shh. It's okay. Settle down now. Oh, so it's like that Simpsons episode where Bart is scared some he's going to die, and then Homer keeps running into his bedroom and banging the door open. Is that the one where he runs in with the hockey mask and the chainsaw? That's the last one. And then the I think the second one, he asked him if he wants like brownies, so he's over his bed holding a knife. With a knife? <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like, the, did you see my new hockey mask? Oh, mm-hmm. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, but it's very tasty. It's very smooth. Um, it's also 8%, and I have two of them. So, And I've had a shit day. I'm not going to lie, folks. This, I, I, we, we, Craig hates when I get political, so I won't go into a rant. I, this no, you can, it's, your, it's your podcast. Rant. I feel it's like you need to. Cars. You can you can rant. Well, no, because I ranted during the preview, which Craig records, by the way. I, I do, and I have so, it. <laughs> so someday, maybe, you know what? We've been talking about getting uh, set up on Patreon. And do, Patreon, you have to offer something specific that you don't offer to everybody else. Maybe our outtakes is what we're going to put in the things we can offer. <laughs> Two bucks a month, you get our outtakes and you get our picks at the, every Saturday or something like that. I don't know. But uh, it, I just – this election cycle has been draining absolutely draining yeah, no see, one you went on agree. you went on social media and that's that's where you went wrong and that's it that's it and i'm i'm a liberal folks i'm a liberal but i'm a moderate liberal the one thing i can't stand is people who deal in extremes and i dealt with a lot of people who were like if bernie's not the candidate i'm gonna stay home well you know that's a bad idea right because if we don't vote the guy we don't want probably is gonna win because those guys are gonna vote you know, and then one person was like, the problem with America is that the Democrats need to split into two parties, the moderates and the liberals. I'm like, wait a minute, do the math on this for a second. About 55 percent of Americans are liberal. You want to split us into two 28 percent camps and let the 45 percent people who are conservative rule everything. The problem with us not being able to agree is to make us both minorities. Yes. I'm like, dude, do the math. Division doesn't help anybody in an election. Doesn't help anybody. Anyway, <laughs> I, I could go on. I could seriously <clears throat> fill an entire episode with the crap I had to deal with. I just – it doesn't even bother me that people have different opinions. It bothers me when people have an opinion and don't think it through. If you want to think it's a good idea 
to eat Purell because you're worried about getting the coronavirus, that's fine as long as you told me you've read the label and you know it's probably going to kill you. Right. But when you sit there and go, this is the best thing I can do to stay healthy. No, it's not. No, and a quick uh, a quick aside, folks. I know it's called the coronavirus because of how it looks under a microscope. Uh, it has nothing to do with Corona with beer. beer. Just a reminder again, it has nothing it like- to do with the people at Corona and their beverages. What was it like? One out of every three people was like, "I won't drink Corona anymore." Yeah, their their sales went down like thirty five percent. People, please <laughs> listen. You can't. <laughs> you have to have some measure of intelligence some. to listen to what we're doing right now. You had to activate an electronic device, ask it to play this, and then activate the actual recording. These are steps that people with a brain do. Animals, uh, amoebas, viruses, they can't listen to podcasts. You can. So I have to assume you have some measure of intelligence. Some. At least a little. Well, you're listening to us, so you must have some semblance of intelligence. Let's move on to like good stuff because yes. I am not going to – you know what? Someday I'll start a political rant cast and it will be literally <laughs> me sitting at my computer. You know what I think? And I'll still be drinking through it. But that is not this podcast. So I'm drinking um, Birth of Liquid De- Desire because I have to keep looking at it because it, – and it's, it's a funky tie-dye can. Oh, really? So – but you know what? Before we get into Burning Hot Takes, I have a story for you. Okay. Go ahead. So – I went to the store today. I have been stockpiling supplies in case Corona gets crazy. Not like nuts stuff, but like every time I'm at the store, I pick up an extra box of pasta and some sauce. It's stuff I'm going to use anyway. It's not like I have 40 boxes of pasta in my house. I have like six. But I'm just picking up extra supplies. If I get stuck at home sick, I'm okay. Right. So I said, you know what? I'm going to stop and get a beer too. So I stopped over at Total Wine. And as you know, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know there's a, a air quotes secret cooler in the back. And I call it the secret cooler because no one ever goes in there, but there's a gigantic sign on it that says walk in self-service. Right. I went into the secret cooler because that's where they keep the fancier beers, the stuff they have small supply. Mm-hmm. As I'm walking in, a gentleman walks by me and I see he's holding a six pack of ice cream man by Back East. Mm-hmm. This is a – yeah, this is a beer Craig likes. I'm okay with it, but Craig likes it better than I do. My wife also enjoys it. So I'm like, ooh, ice cream man. I walk inside the cooler, and there is three cases literally sitting on the floor of ice cream man. In the corner where all the fancy beers is is a gentleman. He's looking around, and he looks like he can't make up his mind. So I sidle next to him, and I fold my arms, and I'm just standing there, and I'm looking. And he looks at me and goes, am I in your way? And I'm like, no. I reach back, and I grab a six-pack of ice cream man from the case behind me and i start talking to this guy he's like i don't know what i want i'm like me neither he goes well you're holding ice cream man i'm like but this is for friends i need something for me so we're sitting there we maybe talk for three minutes i turn around after he says well have a good night man it walks out the door Mm -hmm. the ice cream man is gone gone three cases of it evaporated out of the cooler in a three while we were talking, people kept coming in, grabbing a six-pack of it, and walking back do they, out. Do they have a limit? There's no posted limit, but I, I I have no idea. I didn't see anybody pick up a case. I think I would have noticed somebody went, oh, yeah, these are all mine. I picked up two cases. Right. But like seven or eight different people came in, and it lasted literally five minutes. So then my first thought is there were three cases when I walked in. What time did it arrive? And how much of it was there originally? Right. <laughs> Did they bring in like 20 cases of this stuff at noon? Did you ask? No. Oh. <laughs> I took – I well, now I'm in survival mode. Now I have the last six-pack. So I covered I, – I secured that ball better than Tiki Barber ever secured a football. And I ran to the front of the store with my birth of liquid desire and the six-pack of ice cream man. And I got the hell out of there as quickly as I could. That was smart so, of you. <laughs> I, I'm like, wow, people go nuts for that one beer. They do. So, well, anyway. They follow it around different. and they get notified of who has it and then it's gone. That's it. That's it. And so, you know what? I'll bring a couple cans here because I'm going to see you Friday night. We're going to go drink it Friday night anyway. So, 
So that was my beer story. Let's get to some um, burning hot takes because I'm 10 minutes in and angry and I need to answer some football questions. Craig, I'm not even going to ask if you want to give or receive. You're giving. Okay. You're Tell ready. me what I'm talking about so I can talk about something other than the, the apocalyptic uh, Someone has announced. Coming. I want to know your opinion. And I think I already know your opinion, but I need the official opinion. Okay. Someone has announced they are not retiring. They have no plans to retire. Wait, wait, wait. Is it Tom yeah. Brady? No. Okay, great. Then I don't know this. Go on. <laughs> it's a running back named Frank Gore. Oh, shit. Is I want to know Brady? how you feel about he, he uh, continues his career. I'm, I'm excited. Possibly on the Bills, but I don't know. I'm excited because every year I use Frank Gore two out of 16 <laughs> weeks, and those two weeks I guarantee to win money. That's right. I, I, he does. I used him in like weeks two and five this year before Devin Singletary became the big thing, and we cashed both those weeks. I, I would really, and, and we talked about this. There, there's an episode I think from season one called "Frank Gore is My Brokeback Mountain." Yes. In which I say, I wish I could quit <laughs> using Frank Gore. I wish I could. I can't. I can't stop using Frank Gore because he does this. So him playing on says to me at one week, somewhere in September, maybe October. I'm going to look at the metric and go, who's cheap that I could use? And the metric's going to go, Frank Gore's only like 2,800. And I've got him slated for 12 points. And I'm going to go, yeah. <laughs> and you and I are going to make a shitload of money that weekend. <laughs> yes. I, I, so I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't, but do you think it's going to be Buffalo? I, I mean, he's already there. He's been, he's been there two seasons now. Is he still under contract? Uh, I didn't say. Let me see if it uh, another I'm page right says. Now. Frank Gore has no plans to retire is the headline. <laughs> How did I not know this? I actually sat down and started looking at um, NFL news today because I wanted to try and see if there was anything interesting I could find for our conversation tonight. And how did I miss this? He turns 37 in May. God bless him. God bless he him. He said Kurt he wants Contra to uh, continue playing until the wheels fall off. That's not far off, homie. <laughs> it's it's not. It is not. Uh, I think his contract might be up because according to Over the Cap, he has a zero cap impact. Hmm. And here you go. You want, you want to feel even older? Of course. Guess I'm what? We're having a crap day. How could this get worse? <laughs> Guess what? What? Uh, his son is going to his freshman year of Southern Miss. And his name is Frank Gore Jr. Oh, my God. <laughs> Frank Gore, you need to last like two more years until your kid comes out. That would be awesome. Okay, you know what? I'm going to say this right now. This is going to be bold. Mark your calendars. If you listen right. to if you listen to John Hansen, the guru on, S, on SiriusXM, whenever he makes an incredibly bold statement, he timestamps it. He'll say something like, it's March 4th at 7 p.m. I want you to know. And that's, that's what it is. It is March 4th right now, around 7.15 p.m. If Frank Gore Jr. plays in the XFL, mm -hmm. I will start doing an XFL fantasy. <laughs> we'll I will start out. covering the league. And you know, the way the uh, player negotiations are going in the XFL, the XFL might be here when he gets out of college. I'm telling you right now, this is this is a nightmare. And that's, I'm going to talk about that in a second. That's what I wanted to bring up with you. Frank Gore is not on Buffalo's cap liability list, I think his contract is up. Hmm. I think his contract might be up because he is not on the liability list for 2020. I'm looking right at it right now. I just did a quick keyword search for the word gore, and it did not come up. Hmm. And Devin Singletary has a cap number under $1 million. So hmm, Well, they need a receiver. So They need a lot of help. So They do. So I'm excited about that. So that's I'm, I'm I'm pleased to hear that. That's the good news I needed tonight. Good. That Frank good. Gore is going to keep. If Frank Gore can persevere, so can I. <laughs> and that's completely different. But I'm going to go with it. So um, all right. So my question for you mm -hmm. has to do with the NFL salary cap. I'm not sorry, salary cap. I'm sorry, the NFL CBA. Okay. They still haven't voted. Right. DeMora Smith says a vote is upcoming in the next week or two. He thinks this is going to pass. Okay. The players who are speaking out are speaking out against the 17th game. Excuse me. That beer's going right to me. 
So they're speaking out about the 17th game. They don't want game 17. One player on the Jets, I don't remember his name, which means he's not significant, <laughs> said outright, a 17th game is a 17th opportunity for me to get hurt. He has a point. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Here is my wrinkle that I want you to consider. We've talked a little bit about the details of the 17th game, the changes in preseason, the extra playoff week, not extra week, but the extra playoff level, et cetera, et cetera. The wrinkle that's not being talked about in all this is that all of the major networks, ESPN, Fox, NBC, and CBS, all have deals through 2022. Craig, is this CBA more about getting a, something in place that they can renegotiate television deals or more about making hmm. more money off the players themselves? So your question is, is it one or the other or is it both? Well, it, it's obviously both because the players are all about – I'm sorry. The owners are all about making money and making money any way they can. Right. But are they really pushing this because they want to renegotiate the 2022 deals? Mm, you know, it sounds like it, and I, it, the NFL just wants to find uh, clearly because they are a company, and companies exist to make money. We all get that. Um, it seems like they want to have another shot at like another week of football for advertising, ticket sales, and I mean, television contracts. and television contracts. And now that they're going to add another uh, team to the playoffs, there's another game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this is just um, another way to renegotiate. And that's exactly what it is, in my opinion. I read that and I went, this all makes sense. Because there is a poison pill part of the current CBA that says if they don't put this into effect, they got to play 2020 under the existing rules. But the reports are that the, the ownership approved the deal to start immediately. Mm-hmm. So if the players ratify this, it goes into effect for the current league year. Why would you want to rush that change unless you wanted to go back to your TV partners and say, by the way, we just increased the amount of visibility you get. We just increased your ad revenue. You need to increase what you pay. And if you're not going to do it, then we're going to start negotiating with other parties to start right. in 2022. There is no question in my mind. This now all starts to come full circle. What is the owners – if the poison pill exists and the owners are happy with the current deal, which they somewhat are. Everyone's still making money. Right. The other part of it is 2019 saw the ratings go up after a couple of years of it going down. If the ratings are up and you're offering a higher quality product based on the ratings and more of it, that is the optimal time to renegotiate. Yes. That's it. No, you this are, is, you're correct. This is not anything complex, folks. This is about the owners are saying we can make more money by maximizing this here and now. And what I'm hearing is the ownership has kind of gotten together and already kind of said this is the deal we're offering. If they reject it, we're going to lock them out in 2020. Even though the poison pill part of it, we're going to lock them out. And then that, then all hell breaks loose. And, and, and let me be clear. DeMora Smith has not been an easy negotiation partner. He is not. Gene Upshaw ran the NFLPA for years and was criticized roundly by certain players for being a pushover with Paul Tagliabue. DeMora Smith is not that pushover. If he is sitting there saying this deal is worth doing, I believe him. Yeah, that's a good point that I don't think people uh, realize that who's actually negotiating for the players. Is a better person than it was 15 to 20 years ago. Yes. The reason we didn't have work stoppages in the 90s was because Paul Tagliabue and Gene Upshaw were very much on the same page. They were very much in the owner's page. I'm saying, not saying Gene Upshaw didn't have his players in mind, but he was very much, we need to not kill the golden goose. We need to make concessions where we need to make concessions to get the things that we want. We need to keep the game running. He was very much about avoiding work stoppages whenever he could. The more mm-hmm. Smith isn't, 
When's the last time there was a work stoppage? Uh, it was a while ago. Early 2000s? I think so. Google. That sounds right. Last NFL. <laughs> what does the internet say? 2011. Really? It was a player lockout. I feel like it was longer than that. Because mm. it only lasted from March to July. No games were affected. Oh, that's why I really don't remember. That's why, because it didn't affect our lives. Games missed is really the only thing we calculate. Right. Right? I mean, that's that's it. That's the only thing that comes to our mind is strike-shortened seasons or seasons with scabs, etc. That work stoppage was brief, but it did happen. For, what was that, March, April, May, June, July? For five months, they were in a lockout. And that was, again, under Demora Smith. He's not a pushover, guys. He's not a pushover. And I do believe him when he says, I've got the votes to pass this. I don't think he's sitting there. DeMora Smith, if nothing else, his entire time as the NFLPA chief, he has been a master of using the media to communicate what he wants. He leaks things. He has players leaks things. All this information just – It worked this time. What's that? It worked this time. It did. Remember what it was about a month or two ago? We were talking about players got a memo saying they should start stockpiling salaries. Mm-hmm. They should prepare to go six to eight months without any paychecks. That's an intentional leak, folks. That's an intentional leak. That's not the player saying, oh, crap, I don't know if I like this. That is a calculated move by the Players Association. And the bottom line is this guy sits there and pulls the strings. So, again, I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but I agree with his business acumen. I agree with his negotiating skills. If he is sitting there saying this is a good deal, then, again, and I haven't seen every little wording detail of it, I got to believe it's a good deal. Yeah, I think so. you're right. Anyway. I think you are correct. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see, see what happens. happens. What do you got for me? What else? Uh, so my last question involves uh, Joe Burrow. Oh, yes. And Mr. King of Cincinnati. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. Everyone assumes that. I do. Um, so really my question is about – Eh, probably two months ago, uh, another sports broadcast station show, whatever you want to call it, they're the ones that actually started the rumor that Joe Burrow didn't want to go to Cincinnati. Okay. Like, it didn't really come out of Joe Burrow's mouth or his agent, um, you know, because they were just like, oh, Cincinnati's horrible. He's going to do what Eli did. Uh, he shouldn't go there, and that's what started this whole thing. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to know your your thoughts on that. Like, if you know places that broadcast that do sort of news, not that we're news news, uh, but how do you feel about them starting a rumor like that? I and this goes back to the conversation we just had about calculated moves, right? Yeah. Was that a calculated move by the guy? I, I'm, I'm presuming Joe Burrow has already secured an agent. I have no idea who it is. I have no uh, idea who it is, but I'm internet. he must have. <laughs> oh, Burrow agent. You know, his dad his dad played football. That he was drafted by the Packers. He he was a coach in Ohio, which I think he retired uh, last January year. Of this year, he signed with CAA Sports. Mm-hmm. And the answer right, is I don't, recognize, I don't recognize any of these guys. CAA Sports is his agent. But they signed in January. Convenient, isn't it? Isn't that when we first started to hear these rumors about he doesn't want to go to Cincinnati? Wasn't it about a month, two months ago? Yeah. Yep. Is it a calculated move? I think it is. I think all of this is calculated because you put a rumor out there. It has no basis. It just comes through a sports network or a a pundit, Mm -hmm. but it comes through the agent to that pundit. Yeah, well, I don't know. We haven't talked to Joe specifically about Cincinnati, but I don't know. I get the feeling he doesn't want to play there. Next thing you know, it's on PTI the next night. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like um, it, it's all of a sudden it's the worst thing that's ever happened. I think it's all calculated to A, give leverage in the negotiation and B, to force teams to show their hands to say, you got to come to the table. You want to draft him first? Let's start talking. Let's start talking. There's a reason why, since this CBA went in effect back in 2011, why first-round picks aren't the last one to sign anymore. And it's because they have the ability to talk to teams in advance. 
That is true. There's, there's nothing that stops the Cincinnati Bengals from going, so you represent Joe Burrow. Uh, what's he looking at? Because this is what the rookie cap looks like, and we're thinking this number right here. And for them to say yes or no, there's nothing that prevents that because it's all hypothetical. Hmm. In theory, it's all hypothetical. They're not in the league yet. They've declared for the draft, and you're not securing a contract. You're asking about what it would cost. It's no different than when you walk into a car dealership and say, I want to drive off with that Santa Fe right now. What's it going to cost me? And Santa Fe's are on my mind because of Santa Fe Brit. I, we got to <laughs> That's an inside joke that has to, we have to make. I don't know. You, I need to make a picture of you with a giant cowboy hat and some cactuses. I don't know. Actually, actually, I was all right. So the, the short version of it is, one Craig's phone transcribed an email and a used voicemail. The term, yep, a voicemail and transcribed it into Santa Fe Brit. <laughs> and I can only imagine because he texts me so often and we're constantly talking that his phone has gotten used to the word Brit. Possibly. It could have been anything that rhymes with Brit, including a word like shit. I don't know. <laughs> but my first thought when I heard Santa Fe Brit was train conductor. And I have a train conductor hat. Nice. We can use it. <laughs> so I'll wear it on Sunday because we're going to, you know, I'll wear it on Friday. I'm going to make a bold oh, fashion statement Friday at nice. the birth. There nice. you go. Anyway, so, so I, I don't think it's a big deal. I really don't. I don't think – I think when Eli said he didn't want to play in San Diego, I mean, we were hearing that from his father. Yeah. That's different yeah. than these unknown sources. Are you worried? Are you worried that he's going to ditch Sandy, uh, San, not San Diego, Cincinnati on you? No, I'm more worried Cincinnati is going to pull a Kyle Brady like the Jets more than an, I'm worried about Joe Burrow saying he doesn't want to play there. <laughs> this makes sense if you're going to move Johnny Mitchell to a wide receiver. <laughs> I will never forget that day. So people who have no idea what we're talking about, we were sitting in our friend John's living room, big Jets fan. And uh, what year was that? Oh, Lord. 90-something? Roughly 20 years ago. Yeah. And there was like a bunch of good players. I cannot even – I'd have to pull up that draft. I'd have to research it. Research who it is. Uh, Warren Sapp was in that draft. Was Warren Sapp still on the board? Yes. Hold on, I'll pull it uh, up. It was 1995. Do you have a draft list in front of you? I'm about to. I'm pulling up a 1995 NFL draft. Okay, here we go. Yep. So. Oh, Jets, Jesus, what a horrible draft. Oh, my God. The Jets select ninth, and we're sitting there, and he's saying things like, look at all these great names. J.J. Stokes, Warren Sapp. Derek Alexander. Mark Fields, Ruben Brown, Hugh Douglas. Ty Law was on that board. Derek Brooks. Napoleon Kaufman. Derek Brooks. Was he the guy they used to call El Dragon? Uh, no. I'm thinking of somebody else. Him. Cordell Stewart was in that draft. Yep. Uh, G- uh, so I'm going to read down the list of players. Curtis Martin went 74th. <laughs> yep. He's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. Read, read from, from pick All right, number one. Ba- 1995, the Bengals had yeah. the first pick. I and was thrilled. Took... It was Kijana Carter. And they made the mistake of taking a running back from Penn State. Anybody can yep. make that mistake. That's fine. That's true. And then this is why I hate preseason, because in the second play of the game, he tore his knee. He died. In preseason. He died. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars took Tony Baselli. Who did not have a bad career. No, no, no. The Houston Oilers... Took Steve McNair. Who had a fantastic career. He did. Well, for what it was. I mean, he played for the Oilers. And then the fourth were the Washington Redskins, and they took Michael Westbrook. Oh, remember him? Yep. The Carolina Panthers took Kerry Collins. Yep. Quarterback out of Penn State. Two Penn State players in the top five that year, kids. Yep. The St. Louis Rams took Kevin Carter. Decent career. Not great. The Philadelphia Eagles took Mike Malua. Mamula. The Seattle Seahawks, the Seahawks took Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway. And now. At the eighth pick. Hold on before we get there. Yeah. Joey Galloway was always that guy who was just on the edge of superb number one. He was always almost there. He was like top five, but never top three. In kind of projection. Oh, it's just so frustrating. All right, go on. So Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway. And then. It's night. Now, you have to picture... You can find this video on YouTube. Oh, Everyone in New York, because that's where the draft was, 
yep. was screaming because the Jets were next, and Warren Sapp was the best defensive player on the board at the time. Everyone was Sapp. just, yep, that's what they're going to do. They're cheering. They're cheering. We want Sapp. Gets yep. up there with the ninth pick. The New York Jets select tight end Kyle Brady. You see, <laughs> and, and we were sitting Penn State, our ex- friends from Penn yep, State, another Penn State player, yep. and we were sitting in our friend's living room, who is a gigantic Jets fan. There's only been twice in the time we hung out with this individual that I feared for my safety. <laughs> the first one was sometime in the '90s. It was opening day, and San Francisco beat the Jets on a run back kickoff in overtime. Do you remember that, Craig? Yeah, that was, they were they on the just one. Got up and left. Yeah, we, was that it, Frank Gore? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was before Frank Gore. So on that occasion, we're sitting on the couch and they're going overtime, and our friend is like, "All right, here we go," and the ball gets kicked off, and San Francisco San Francisco runs it back for a touchdown. He just gets out of, up out of his chair, goes in the other room, and slams the door. And Craig looks at me and goes, "We should leave." So we did. <laughs> so we left. <laughs> so we left. This is the close second. <laughs> And I will never forget, Mel Kuyper was so shocked by the pick of Kyle Brady that all he could say was, I guess this pick makes sense if you're going to move Johnny Mitchell, the wide receiver. Like, he had no idea how to react. No one did. No one at all. Everyone, I thought people were going to start throwing chairs and booing. I kind of felt bad for Kyle Brady because it's not. I felt better for us. And us, yeah. I mean, it wasn't Kyle Brady's fault the Jets picked him. But, yeah, it was It was bad. It was very bad. Course, <laughs> the greatest moment of Kyle Brady's career will be, I think it was his, his first or second year, he got his bell rung pretty bad, and they were giving him smelling salts on the sideline. And the color guy on, I think it was CBS, just said, he's a little, he's a little shook up. He probably just looked at the guy and said, tell Coach Paterno I'm ready to go back in. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. Oh, you need to sit down now. <laughs> you need to sit down. But really quick, just guys who were in the Hall of Fame in that draft, Warren Sapp, Ty Law, Derek Brooks, uh, Cordell Stewart, not eh, Curtis Martin. Oh, Antonio Freeman was in that draft. Yeah. Yep. But he was not in the Hall of Fame. But I'm just like, wow. And, and you know what? Calibrate. Now, if the, if you're a Jets fan and you're sitting there going, oh, man, you're killing me. I don't want to relive any of this. There is a bright spot for you. And that is that um, Warren Sapp was eventually taken at 12 by the Bucks. Yes. But that was not the Bucks' original pick. They acquired that pick with a tr- in a trade with Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Eagles could have had Warren Sapp. Hmm. Yeah, because no one, and I don't even think the Jets knew they were going to take Kyle Brady. I feel like they had all the names on a dartboard, and that's just where the dart landed. The problem was the Jets made an assumption. So the, the, the Jets, because the Jets had pick 16 too, because they got it from Arizona. The Jets were presuming that if they passed on Sapp at 9, he would drop to 16. Because the Vikings took uh, Derek Alexander, and mm-hmm. then the only other defensive player that went was Mark Fields and Ellis Johnson. Well, Ellis Johnson was a defensive tackle, too. So you have to imagine the Colts would have taken him, Warren Sapp, at that pick. I think the Jets in their mind were like, he's going to drop to 16. Let's get Brady. Yeah, let's get him. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, so yeah. let's segue from that mm-hmm. into our week net what has become a weekly segment where in the world is tom brady da, 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 da. do you remember the old i know you remember the video game where in the world is carmen san diego do you remember the old tv show yes i feel like we need those guys to sing the uh the we song do. but i mean they're not doing yeah. anything probably yeah rockapella i think it was, was yeah they're probably retired they're probably dead i mean that was like 40 years ago anyway so the latest on Tom Brady. He continues to be linked to every team under the sun that is not known as the Kansas City Chiefs. And he had a call with Bill Belichick today. He did. But that's not the most scandalous thing that happened. Ooh. He was at a college basketball game with Julian Edelman. <laughs> yep, Craig is laughing because he's seen the clip. If you haven't oh, seen the man. clip, 
when they put him on the Jumbotron, Julian Edelman pointed at him and went, he's coming back. And Brady shot him this look like, what the F are you talking about, you dumb mother effer? That's not even what I'm talking about. If you Somebody got a view of what they were looking at on the phone later in the game. Oh? They were FaceTiming with the Tennessee Titans and their head coach, Mike Vrabel. <gasps> dun, oh my dun, God. dun. Scandal of all scandals. Mike Vrabel. What? He, they played with Mike Vrabel, you idiots. <laughs> he was a teammate of theirs like three years. He was. But now, actually, you know it too. Julian Element is selling T-shirts that say Tom Stay. Well, he's got to pay for his legal costs. Yes. Because he was naked and drunk and dancing on a car, apparently. That is true. That is true. That, that's what I'm hearing anyway. So, listen, former players talk to each other all the time, even when they become head coaches. This is not Vrabel calling Tom Brady going, as soon as that CBA signed, you're going to sign with me, right? It's more like Julian Edelman had a few beers and went, hey, dude, call Vrabel. Call him. Call him. Call him right now. Let's do it. That's a better explanation than interference right now. Yes. <laughs> but the internet lost its mind. Is Tom Brady to Tennessee a possibility? I mean, Tom? sure. Tom Brady to Mars is a possibility at this point. Everything's a possibility. I'm not going to get excited about Tom Brady talking to Mike Vrabel. No, no. They played together. Yes, they did. If That's like you uh, texting someone you used to work with. Yes. Literally, it's the same thing. Yes. I talked about, I, I bitched and moaned about my social media experience today. One of my old coworkers came to my defense. See, there you go. I, I have not worked with this woman in 10 years. She's lovely. But, and she came to my defense. We're like, you know what? Britt's got a point there. Well, I was like, thank you, person I haven't talked to in 10 years. It's very nice of you to say that. But this isn't any different. But everybody's like, oh, stop it. Stop it. And then the, <laughs> uh, and then the other rumor, scandalous as it may be, is that Tom Brady is going to go on a sign and trade to San Francisco. Dun, dun, dun. I don't like the dun, dun, dun sound. Oh. I prefer the rap horn sound. Oh. There you go. There we go. I have no idea how well that recorded. If it didn't, we'll find out. <laughs> I, 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 have a, I have a sound effect app on my phone. I always forget to use for recording. So, <laughs> Craig, we've heard this week the same places, the Colts, the Chargers, the Titans, Back to the Patriots. Have you heard anything that changes your opinion of what's going to happen here? No, no. I mean, unless there's something we don't know about Garoppolo and the 49ers, uh, no. Because I can't see, I can't see Brady going to the Colts because we already know that um, they're talking to uh, what's his face from the Chargers. Uh, oh, Rivers. The Rivers. Yes, thank you. Blanked out there. Well, they uh, can't be talking to him, but they're probably right, right. talking to they him. They implied that they want to talk to him. You know, I so can't see him going to out at dinner at a sushi restaurant. Yes, you have to say to somebody, <laughs> you know, that Anthony Lynn's a hell of a coach. Hey, look, he's sitting right over there. Let's go say hello. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. I uh, I can't see him going to the Bucks. That's just silly. Um, I heard a crazy rumor about the Dolphins. That is not going to happen. No, I, I don't see him going anywhere in the AFC East. No, 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 no. The Titans, I mean, maybe I know Tannehill wants to go back, but I also don't know what the Titans are doing with their team. I feel like they're doing what the um, Devil Rays did after the World Series and just got rid of everyone. Isn't Derrick Henry a free agent? Yeah, so is and I just heard a rumor that one of their offensive yeah, linemen might wind up on the Jets. Um, a couple of people on their defense might leave, so I can't, I can't see Brady going to a team that's sort of dismantling itself for some reason, probably because of money. So yeah. today, CBS uh, started talking about the Titans have obviously one franchise tag. They can tag one guy. They can tag Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill. Supposedly now the popular plan is they're going to franchise tag Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. I don't think that has anything to do with Brady. 
No. That nope. just um, let's see. Quarterbacks everywhere. Running backs as good as Derrick Henry was the second half of this year. Not so much. No. Uh, I, I don't get it. And, you know, I, and, and again, I, I'm in a bad mood, folks. Politics <laughs> is overwhelming me. I'm going to retch about something. But this is football related. Today in the Dynasty League that we're, Craig and I got into because we had no idea how Dynasty Leagues really functioned. The values are all different. So we decided what the hell we'll give it a try. I got several messages from one of the teams, Craig, and I didn't tell you this because okay. it was so obs- it was so obscenely bad. I was like, I'm I'm not even gonna bother Craig with this. All right. This guy wants. We have James Conner, and we have Deontay Johnson, both of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. He wants one or both of these guys. Okay. Badly. He sent us three offers. Okay. <sighs> Let me pull it up because I want to make sure I get this right. They were so bad that I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" And 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 I'm not. I I don't want to. I don't want to come down on guys. I, I appreciate folks who make uh, trade offers, but you can't be upset with me when I when I turn them down either. So hold on a second. Let me make sure I get this right. Okay. Okay. So the first one, he wanted to send us Kareem Hunt uh, and Chris Herndon. Uh. For James Conner. Uh, Kareem Hunt's probably on his way back to suspension. Probably. And is still probably going to play more games in 2020 than Chris Herndon is. Yes, because he got hurt again for the last game of the season. So I, I rejected that. Okay. Then he sent me Kareem Hunt, Chris Herndon, <laughs> and Hill from New Orleans. I'm forgetting his first name. Taysom. Taysom, thank you. So Hunt, Taysom Hill, and Chris Herndon, and a first-round pick. But he wanted Deontay Johnson, David Montgomery, and James Conner. Okay, let's take it easy. So I rejected that. (laughs) Okay. So I wrote him back, and I said, listen, you want to talk trade? Oh, wait, is there another one? Did I miss one? I don't know. Did you? Oh, I did. Taysom Hill and a first-round pick. Okay. Montgomery and Johnson. Yeah. So I rejected all three of those traits. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, all right, listen, you really want to talk? Here's what I can live with. I'll send you James Conner. And I'll send you my third round pick this year. Send me Melvin Gordon and your first round this year. Because Gordon is up in the air. Conner's at least with an established team. You clearly want Conner on your team. Mm-hmm. He rejected that flat out. Okay. So I said, okay, I'm not opposed to moving James Conner and Deontay Johnson. I'm not a huge Pittsburgh fan fantasy wise. Give me something good. Okay. He comes back with Taysom Hill for Deontay Johnson straight up. (laughs) You want me to take the 30 plus year old gadget play backup quarterback from New Orleans Mm-hmm. So a guy who could be the number two and maybe even the number one because Juju was so bad this year in Pittsburgh. Yes. That's what, I what said it sounds no. like. I said no. Has he offered anything else since? So I wrote back to him. I said, I'm not opposed to doing this. You want Connor? I can give you Connor. You want Deontay Johnson? I can give you Deontay Johnson. But I need value. He goes, well, look at my roster. So I looked at the roster. He's got both Patrick Mahomes and RG3. Hmm. Okay. It is a two-quarterback league. Yes, it is. But he's deep at quarterback. So I wrote him back. What would it take for me to get Mahomes? If I sent you Connor, Johnson, and our first-round pick this year, would you consider trading Mahomes? And he was like, no way. He was like, I'm sorry. You don't have what it takes to get Mahomes. Um, I wanted to write back to the guy and go, you just tried to give me Taysom Hill for the number two receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you're going to tell me that Patrick Mahomes is untouchable for the two guys you've been screaming about and a draft pick? Yes. Yeah, people uh, people are weird with trades. I mean, granted, it is uh, 
dynasties, so there's a little bit more to value it. But shift. Yeah. Value shift based on age and position and all of that. I get that. I do. I really, really do. And I'm trading a guy who's probably a for, uh, an RB1 and a guy who's probably an R, a wide receiver too and a draft pick for a guy who is definitively a QB1. I get that. You cannot tell me Taysom Hill, who is not a QB4 at this point in his career. Yep. <sighs> drives me nuts. You know what else drives me nuts? What else drives you nuts? Almost out of time. We are, and we didn't even talk about the AFC South. <laughs> we never got to the AFC South. Britt has been ranting far too much. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not. You guys got a lot of good information, a lot of good opinions this week. This is just the way it rolls, folks. The way it rolls. We've got like 10 minutes left, but we don't have enough time to uh -oh, get the AFC South. Uh oh Breaking news from the Boston Herald. Hit me with it because we've got 10 minutes to kill. Tom Brady, time Bill Belichick phone call Tuesday didn't go well. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I just want to one-man that for a second. Yeah. Hey, Coach. Hello, Tom. How's everything going? Everything proceeds as planned. So, do we want to meet to discuss a contract? I don't know. Do you? <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> I don't think Brady wants to leave New England, but I don't think Belichick wants him back. Yeah, personally, and I know Cinch is going to turn the podcast off now because he's going to get mad. We're talking about no, it because no, it's baseball to, season. He's going to listen to it. He's going to listen to it and then yell at us about it. So, and that's fine too because <laughs> we value his opinion. Personally, I think Bill is still pissed off about the Garoppolo trade, and that ever since then, I think it's just. Even though they've been winning and they won and whatever, it just has not been sitting well with him. So. I don't think they've been sitting well with each other. And I think part of it is that, okay, Belichick is a history nut. There's a reason he let Doug Flutie do a dropkick <laughs> in a game about 15 years ago. He's a history nut. And I think Brady is very oriented around awards and milestones and things like that. But the thing you keep hearing from everybody outside of the New England fan circle is they can only do this together. Yep. Belichick had zero success with the Browns before he got to the Patriots. Brady came up through Belichick. He's never played for another coach. I think they're both looking at each other and going – I don't need you, and I yeah. would love an opportunity to show it. Yeah, can you no, imagine? I think you're right. Can you imagine ten months from now, you and I sitting on the podcast right before the AFC Championship, where it was the Belichick Patriots and a team led by Tom Brady? <laughs> I would love to watch. I would take the. I'll say it on air. I would take the day off from work to watch that. That would be Not amazing. Not only that, I would cancel an episode the week before. <laughs> I would cancel. I'm going to presume it happens on divisional weekend. I'm just going to guess. I would cancel the wild card weekend show mm -hmm. so that we could have two hours worth of record time just to talk about that game. Could you imagine? I really think that's what motivates these guys. Winning is the primary thing, mm -hmm. but. Everyone says, oh, but you're winning because of X, Y, and Z, and it's because of the other guy. I think that drives those two guys nuts. Yeah, And here's the, here's the bottom line. They are both in the Hall of Fame. Yep. They are both going to Canton. It doesn't matter. Go, get Terry yep. Bradshaw on the phone right now and ask him <laughs> if he cares that Chuck Knoll was his coach. And that people, well, if Chuck Noll wasn't your coach, you wouldn't have won. Ask him. Nope, they wouldn't care. Get Jim Kelly on the phone and ask him, well, people are saying you wouldn't have gone the four Super Bowls without Marv, uh, Marv Levy. And ask him if it matters. He don't care. <laughs> but for some reason, I really think this bothers the two of them. Mm -hmm. <sighs> the conversation didn't go well. Well, if you watch Ble if you've watched um, Gridiron Heights, there's no conversation with Bill Belichick that goes well. So 
Did you ever get no. a chance to caught up on that? On what? Gridiron Heights? No, I haven't. You have to see the game show episode where they play good quarterback, bad quarterback, because <laughs> every name, Belichick just rings it and goes bad quarterback. does not matter who they put up there. He rings it automatically bad quarterback. It, I have to catch up on him. Oh, it was it was great. It was great. The season ender where Eli Eli uh, retires and um, we find out that Andy Reid is a- Andy Reid is actually a Saiyan and becomes a <laughs> Saiyan because he's finally won a title. He literally grabs the trophy and goes full blown Super Saiyan. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. So, all right. Well, you know what, folks? I promise you, next week we will get to the AFC South. We didn't get there this week because I'm distracted and I'm enjoying this beer entirely too much. As you should. You know what? I, I just the political cycle in 2020. I never thought I'd see anything worse than 2016. 2020 has been way worse, and we're only in frickin' March. Yep. <sighs> and free agency didn't start yet. And the frickin' league year has barely begun. I, am I going to be able to actually work on this uh, podcast? You, yeah, you'll be all right. We've never had to. We've never done this podcast at the same time as a presidential election cycle. No, do we? It's our third year. Oh yeah, huh? Started the year. We'll after. find out. <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna be screaming. You know who the number one pick is? Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden's the number one pick. God damn and it! All of a sudden, the beer switches to hard alcohol. <laughs> the beer switches to hard alcohol, and the listenership drops. Or it goes up. <laughs> or it goes up. Hey, Rush Limbaugh is retiring. Anything's possible. It's a valid point, so. man. It's a valid point. Until then, thank you so much for listening to us. I apologize that my ranting got us onto sidetracks. But this is the beauty of the offseason is that we can do these sidetracks. As I've said many times before, I'm not glued to the metric. You're not. Six months out of the year, I get to actually talk to you people. <laughs> I get to talk to you. I get to answer your emails. Mm-hmm. I love that part of this job. I really do. Um, until then, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Stitcher, Apple, Player FM, the 75 other places that carry us and probably don't give us credit for the downloads. Um, all of those. Thank you so much for, for listening. And please leave us a review at one of those sites. Uh, we will be back next week. We will talk about the AFC South needs. And then it's, you know, I, I have ConCon a week from this Friday. After I get back from ConCon, it is time to start prepping for the draft. That's true. The a, the NFL draft is going to be upon us before we know it, and we got to start getting ready for it. So we will start prepping for that in a, a couple of weeks. So until then, thank you so much for listening. As I said, please leave us a review. Until then, uh, we will be back next week. And my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Mm-hmm.